0: Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harv Nissen. What an honor and what a chus it is to be able to do this program and to have you. As always, we look forward to taking the questions and the comments. And the number to ask your question is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And Harv Nissen, what is the number
1: to text? 347-927-8398 347-927-8398
0: excellent and thank you and the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858 718-683-5858 and we look forward to taking your questions and your comments
1: um, and right. you? <laughs> Yeah. I just uh, jumping over there. do you, you feel uh, uh, what you know in the last Few weeks, I would say the last two weeks, especially how the pressure is building and, and the pressure cooker. You know, that's like everybody is like so intense. It's amazing. I don't know if it's the weather, the news, and the, the 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 holidays that coming in between the middle of the week. Let's talk about it. How we can release it? How can we reduce the pressure?
0: Yeah. So the first step is for us to recognize exactly what you are saying and that is that there is a huge pressure happening and it's wherever I'm going generally we hear that like after Rosh Hashanah and Kipper we know there's a lot that we have to do get the adalat and build the sukkah and everything but there is a bigger pressure that I'm getting this year over any year from most from many people i've got more emergency calls probably of the last 2 days in the office and with a different therapist speaking to and just a lot going on there really is a lot going on and a lot of triggers a lot of emotional triggers and many times like we see it let's say with our clients but with us within our lives it's calm or something I'm finding the same thing in my personal life just so much is going on right now and um, we really need to once we're aware of it then that's okay. When we realize we're not the only one, if this is what's going on. Then it makes it
1: easier. I tell you, uh, uh, Mordecai, this is like really as you said. It's not. It's not only you know me or, or other people around me, but you see, it's like I see like like, and I, I think it's like oh, the general uh, atmosphere is like like so much about you know the the hurricane here, the prayer in Israel. You know, everything is like together. and creates so much pressure and I, I i as you feel i feel the same exactly you know and we have no time and in, in between the, the getting up and at the hot and just uh you know finish at night in the radio and this is something that uh it's 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 amazing to see that uh we we're trying to stay uh, alive you know
0: mm-hmm. exactly
1: And as it is, there
0: are more emotions. between We transfer, we are davening, and we realize so much of our lives, so much of our whole year is depending. And as so many people say, I didn't even know what to daven for. I wish I would know what to daven for, like sometimes ahead of time. But the concept is still there, that there's other years of the same issues, and I'm just finding it very stressful this year. More calls, more people speaking to me and, and at the same time I also want to share there's more simchas going on. I've heard more children being born over the last, let's say, over the last week. A lot, but just happenings. It's like there are movements. Like whatever the rabbin Shalom has in mind, I don't know, but we're sort of talking. I just see there's a lot of movement going on, and we thank the rabbin Shalom for that.
1: Yes, okay, so we thank again rabbin uh, Shalom right now that we have Mrs. M with us.
0: Excellent, Mrs. M, welcome to the program.
1: Hello.
0: Yes. Hello. Oh, hold, hold on. To
1: the hold on. Hold on. One second, Mrs. Sam. Sure. Yes, Mrs. Sam. Yes. Yes.
0: Hi. Hello? Welcome. Oh, great. We hear it so clear now. Great. The volume. Everything is great.
1: Hi. Thank you so
2: much for the wonderful program.
0: Certainly. Um, I hi. I listened
2: to
0: it, but hello. Yes. Yes. We hear you. He's just on the mm-hmm. other line, Ribnison.
2: I listen to it every week, but not, um, not when it's live. I listened already like from number one, and I go on and on.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that.
2: And when I was up to 556, yeah I listened to how a woman asked a question about ADHD and then there was like a whole discussion about it. Okay. And so I recently went with a child who turned in middle of the evaluation. I took an evaluation with him. In middle of the evaluation, he turned six. Yeah. I took him to an evaluation because the school asked me to. Yeah. Now, at home, he's a very good child. He's a child that listens, he behaves nicely. He He's a very cute, sweet, nice child. And so when I went to the evaluation, they told me that he has ADHD. So I got a very big shock, because for me it was like, I didn't expect them to tell me anything, because he's like a very good child. Now when I listened, you said that to this woman that you would never diagnose a child with ADHD at this age.
0: Um, I would change my words. It's not I wouldn't diagnose. It's hard to diagnose. You start diagnosing at six. You don't diagnose earlier. And the reason why it's hard to diagnose is because a lot of it is age-appropriate. means the not focusing, the inattentive, and things like that. The mind wandering. So some kids develop at different times. So, yes. But if someone is trained, or if there are problems, like why would the school send a six-year-old to be evaluated?
2: Because they claim that in in school that he was like a pretty difficult child in school.
0: Difficult but as at behavior? Home, he was
2: not a what?
0: Difficult as in behavior, or difficult as in concentrating. Where is it?
2: Um, he didn't do his work. But I also claim that. He's one of the youngest of his class. And when I had the meeting at the end of the year, he was still five. And they were claiming that, you know, a child that is six years old was not supposed to act like this. And a child who is six years old is supposed to, like, so I kept on telling them that my child is not six years old. Like, look at him as a five-year-old. He's like either the younger All right, so why do you youngest? keep him both
0: simple questions? So why don't you keep him back at class?
2: So this is what we're, we're going to do now.
0: Uh-huh. Excellent.
2: This is one of the things. But my question is that I still have to go back one more time for the evaluation just to get the results.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, should I go for, like, a second opinion?
0: Let me explain to you the difficulty in what's just coming up now. What's coming up is you're telling me that he has behaviors in yeshiva one type. At the therapist, when they did the evaluation, he had the same behaviors. And at home, he didn't have those behaviors.
2: Because you also said that a a child, usually, if they would be diagnosed with six, like the mother would also have to see a problem at home.
0: Yes. Generally, you see the problems all over, but less at home because at home this free. You don't have to sit. You don't have to listen. Although I'm thinking, what do you really do with
2: six-year-olds?
0: There's more jumping so around the door. So one dogs.
2: thing, it took me very long time, like, to realize, like, I was trying to, like, she tells me ADHD, and I was trying to, okay, so where could I find it? Yet? Like, I was trying to make sense of the whole thing. One one place that I did find that it was, um, that I could see, you know, maybe that he has ADHD, that they have homework that tell him. They have to say a mm. few him every single yeah. day.
0: Yeah, excellent.
2: So I had a very difficult time saying with him the telem. I didn't Why? do it every single day.
0: What was difficult?
2: Because I know that the telem is supposed to take about five minutes. Yeah. I have other children. I know that I know that they don't give it for, you know, just sit like an hour saying telem with your child. I know it's supposed to take five minutes just for the ivra mm-hmm. practice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, my child, I timed it more than once. It took me a minimum of 15 minutes, not because he has a hard time with the ivra, Mm-hmm. Just because he either he would say two words in a row, then he would see the next word is a song, the next word is a word from Chumash, the next word is similar to the is rhyming to the other word. He would have like every single word he would find something else.
0: I'll tell you, it's it's very hard for me to say what's going on. Just just you to be clear, like I I I don't know. You can diagnose at 6 when it's very clear to everyone. So I don't, I simply don't know. I simply don't know. In other words, that's why there are professionals that do the diagnosis. Under 6 you usually don't. But when sometimes things are so clear, I would even make another recommendation. If the teacher allows you to be in the class, ask if you could be one day in the class, just sit in the corner, or even two, three hours. And see what they see. Because what's happening right now, it's like you against the school. That's
2: it's like, not, school no, team. it's not like I don't believe the school. It's, it's just that I personally had more of a difficult time. Like, I don't see anything wrong. Like, at home, he's not.
0: I know that, but I that Right, but sometimes it might not be that he's hyperactive. It might be that his mind, where there's inattentive and there's hyperactive. Actually, she did mean, say
2: the age also for him.
0: Right. Listen, I would if they're okay, I would ask them permission if you can sit there. I know most cl- most, teacher, most teachers won't, but I'm just saying anyhow, if they would allow, I would ask you to uh, to see if they would, by any chance, give you permission to be there. Yeah,
2: no, I don't think I would do it just because it's a boys' school, it's
0: not a girls' school. Ah, I got you.
1: That's
0: right. I wonder if your husband could then sit in, just to see what it's like.
1: I have another question. Yeah. What about changing the class?
0: Right. Did they? What did they say that, last that's year? That's what
2: we're going to be doing. We're going to.
0: Well, they're going. They're staying back a class, like because he could
2: be. He's the there youngest. There also another thing I said. Like, first of all, he's the youngest. Mhm. And also, the class that he was in was a very difficult class. Mhm. There was a lot, a lot of difficult children in the class. That's what the teacher said. Yeah, these can also and be
0: different reasons. Why? Again, I I don't want to say no. And if you went for an evaluation, you know, they see a lot of stuff there, but at the same time environment makes a big difference i was just now just having supper and one of my kids was like overtired so they started now their whole little shtick saying i don't have friends and i don't like the block and then stuff like that and all of a sudden my little 3 year olds just copying and i don't have friends so i go you have this friend okay that's one i go you have friend. okay that's two I have that, like, like copying like we'll see a five friends but i don't have any friends it was just so cute to see a three-year-old copy an older one and the older one's just overtired <laughs> So what I'm just bringing out the same thing is that if classes aren't a difficult class or other stuff going on, and again, it's young, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's just them, and I would respect what the teacher says. I would also respect what the, what the evaluation says, but I would be doing a lot of the stuff that you're just doing, like we said, discussing, like holding back again, since it's the youngest from that class. Now they'll be from the oldest or at least average age in the other class.
2: Yeah. Um, do you have any other things like what kind of therapy or what kind of other things I should do with my child?
0: I don't know yet what your child has. I'm personally not that convinced. Uh, you know, I, I just have a hard time diagnosing a kid ADHD especially when at home things are good. Now that you're staying about the learning, I would try a couple of times with him davening and tell him, okay, let's focus on just davening, just doing that so you can see what it's like when he has to focus.
2: Okay. I have um, another question. If, I'm, if you have any suggestions, because I want to give like a prize for the class that he's going to, in a way like to say for the class that he's going to be that he's going to be leaving that class. Okay. What kind of thing could a ready say to the kids?
0: Why he's leaving? I don't think six-year-olds need much. No, just, just they... them
2: to to explain to the kids. Because I wanted to give it already, like, at his birthday. They usually don't give a prize, and I wanted to give a prize. And the...
0: I still don't understand. What's the need to give a prize, if you could just explain that to me, please?
2: So they shouldn't make, f- I try at least that they should make at least less fun or shouldn't make fun. Why better, should they says. make
0: fun? It's very normal at that age for kids to be in another class. You could just say very simple, we want you to be the oldest. We want you to be but the leader of the we
2: class. that's what telling him.
0: That's it. Understand, it's more the parents that are worried than kids. Kids at six years old don't have a big deal.
2: Because I know that sometimes kids were...
0: Now that's a separate issue. Kids will always say something. This isn't a question about him going down the class. This is how do you teach your kids? So kids said it, and it's the way you shared it. I always share the story over and over. I'm saying I must have said it at least ten times on the radio. So if you heard it already, just enjoy the story. I was once walking many years ago. I went back to my hey there let's say where i grew up like whatever it was i went to pick someone up i was just walking down by the hall and i found those basher like hashem thank you for giving me this amazing opportunity because i was on the radio at that time so i could share the story And the story is as follows as i'm walking by i'm waiting to pick up whatever this person i was picking up i'm waiting at one of the doors and it's recess they had a break and it must have been eight-year-old kids and one kid tells the other one ha your father—that's the only piece, piece that I heard. Ha! Your father is a lawyer. My father is on food stamps. Even the government gives him money. Food, food stamps <laughs> in America where the government supplements your. Yeah, Europe. yeah Europe. I know that program. Exactly. So it's all about how you present it to your children. Ha! Your is a lawyer. My father is on food stamps. Even the government gives him money.
2: Yeah, but the now, thing is also that the Rebbe also told me that he first wants to ask somebody, like, he doesn't want, like, just to give out the prize and to just, that he doesn't I don't know want to why give, you like, need
0: to give a prize. Why are you making the big deal out of it? I, you're the one wanting. I don't know why there's a need to give a prize. Why give anything? It's the end of the year. Goodbye. Thank you all. And then he goes to the next class. And he goes over to the next class next year. I'm saying after Sook, as he comes back, why is there a need to give a prize? They're not teenage girls where you're giving stuff. Boys don't give prizes. Kids don't need prizes. I'm trying to understand if you can explain to me what's the purpose of giving a prize.
2: Um, first of all, he doesn't want to stay a class behind. That's one what thing. Is,
0: that's you talking to your son. What does it have to do with a prize? Why does the whole class have to be um, a prize?
2: It could be because I stayed... A class, and I remember the memories.
0: And which grade were you?
2: I was five years old. And I spoke to other people. And they also like remember sometimes certain comments that they gave. So I tried like maybe it's gonna be easier if like if he says like a nice goodbye, and they know beforehand that he's not gonna be in this class, or they know what to expect. Uh. That's what's so, just again, noise. I
0: might recommend, I don't know about the process that you went through or maybe how the parents guided you, not how on that we're giving any complaints, but mm-hmm. we teach children that people always make comments. That's a reality. Yeah, this is, your son will get comments. That's life. You're going to get comments. That's life. Life is about comments. We teach our kids how to deal with comments. Okay. No, I'm saying, like, that's more what yes, you do, like, yes, I feel like no one processed, like, let's say, when you changed them at five years old, like, you'd, maybe you didn't have a chance to explain it to your parents, let's say, or maybe no, they didn't have the right words to tell you, so then that's why it stayed by you, but most people, when we do these shifts at that age, it's no big deal. It's like they call you a baby, oh, you're a baby, you're in first grade, and then you say, no, I'm like, you teach you someone, someone's going to make that comment, all you say is, no, I'm, I'm, my parents want me to be the king of the class. Like, you teach them a response. And you tell it to your son, we want you to be the king of the class, or whatever other titles you want
1: to give it. Kids can make fun about everything, you know. Can that's na- right. Not names. They could. They you can not names, could Glasses. Do.
2: That's what they do. That's kids.
1: The ki- glasses, it, it's names, it's also you know,
2: like this class, especially, is a class that. That's right. So, what I'm I saying is,
0: you're not going to avoid it.
2: The kids are still yeah, going to make... Sense. Okay, uh, that's good like, Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would tell you, just be at ease. Kids will make comments. That's it. And you practice with your kids. They make comments.
1: Give him some weapon. Give him some weapon about names. Yeah, about you teach them
0: how to challenge it. Exactly. That's more what we would focus on. Someone's going to make this comment and you can share. I have that, being on the radio. Oh, you think you're so cool that you're on the radio? As sometimes people tell me, oh, you're really not such a good therapist. It's just because you're on the radio, so that's why people are coming to you. But really, you're not I'm saying, comments you get all the time. I get stupid comments from people. All the time. You'll be surprised at comments. Some people are afraid of me. They're afraid to say anything. And some people will just make stupid comments. It really is. They go, you know, I really don't mean to hurt you about it. Like, this is part of... Life, period, just life.
2: Um, and what about, like, I should, like, the school wants me to give, like, medication? I should well, I first one see. well,
0: medication is always an option, but that would be my second option. First, see how he behaves in this new class. Maybe give it I should to of-
2: see how he behaves in his new class. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I would also ask your husband, if he's willing, at least to be there, if the new Rebbe is willing, just be there an hour or two, because sometimes you don't see a kid in certain settings.
2: So it's possible no, I, m- that I must so- say, like, this year I was very happy he had a Yiddish teacher, and then he had, for the secular subjects, he had, like, another te- He had a Rebbe, and he had a, a-, mm-hmm. a man, a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, like like wasn't it, I said like one thing like people were telling me comments on the teacher or the this and I said like that's one thing that I can't complain because they were both one is a very experienced and the other one was also very very good and nice. Doesn't so man, it doesn't So they were both say, very good. So I great. didn't believe did they what both, they're telling and did they me. Great, they
0: both find and they both said that he seemed like ADHD jumping all over and he couldn't. sit
2: They the didn't pill? say the word ADHD. They were just saying right. that they're having a lot of difficulties with this child.
0: What, what were the symptoms that they were talking about? What were they saying? Difficulties is a fancy word. What are symptoms?
2: So, they said the, at the secular subjects, they were doing a lot of work. They said, first of all, that most kids get used to the pre- Like, first they were in C.P.E., like on the guardrae program, and, the, you know, like you play a lot and you don't mm-hmm. sit on a chair a lot. Right. And once you enter the kitabais, you just sit a lot on the chair. You have to mm-hmm. get into a, a new structure, new everything. And they said that, you know, it takes time for every child to get used to the new environment. But my child got used to it at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It took him a very long time for the whole process.
0: Yeah. Then
2: he also Wait, refused a to let's stop second. it work. could
0: again be, and it could be again because he's the youngest.
2: That's but that's what I kept on saying, and they said that it doesn't matter.
0: All right. It but could I did keep telling them that he's one of shot. the
2: youngest. Yep. And then, I hear you. He also didn't, then he also refused to do the work. And the teacher said it's not like he wanted to do trouble. I thought that he was having difficulty with doing the work, and he didn't want to be a fool. Okay. And that's why he Each refused of those to do
0: could it. Be, it. could be ADHD. It could be he was the youngest. You'll find out now. You'll hold him back to the age appropriate of his age. And we'll see what happens. And we'll see what this Rebbe says and the new teacher says
2: Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, and I would again
0: try to see if they're okay with having your husband there.
2: Um, your it husband... shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be a problem. I like. I don't think they would have a problem me being in the class. It's just I don't feel comfortable being in a real men like boys' school like like where you, women usually don't sit in the class. It's not. It's not, like I don't feel comfortable. So I'd like, like you to
0: hear what you're saying now you don't feel comfortable, the school will be okay and there isn't a problem with with halacha involved, then I would have you speak to someone, and maybe you should put yourself in an uncomfortable position, and you should watch it. This way you'll be confident if he does need medication. You should know that you're doing it for the right reasons. Or if you trust your husband, then let that happen. But you cannot be in doubt when you're giving your kid medication. Sometimes it's successful. Sometimes there are side effects. You can't be upset and blame the school. means... If you don't feel comfortable, and I understand why you won't feel comfortable, but if it's for your son and if you need to be confident that what you're doing is right, then I might recommend that you make yourself uncomfortable. It's just a recommendation. I'm not telling you. Forgive me if I'm too forceful.
2: Okay. I'm just no, giving no, you I, information. No, no, I hear what you say.
0: Because I want you to know, many times medication is successful, many times it's not. It's not so simple. And if you're okay, going to so do that's, it... No,
2: that's why I'm asking you because I wanted to hear, like... I wanted to hear your opinion on the medication.
0: Yes, I want you to be clear. I, the only you-
2: reason why I would medicate my child is because I want the I want the teachers to like my child. I know for them it's difficult, and I want...
3: No, I want a you child it, uh, I you're not doing you're talking I'm sorry, I'm, no, it's, it's it's
1: wrong, wrong, wrong.
0: Exactly, exactly. Go ahead, take it away.
1: No, uh, you're not, you're not uh, making uh, the, the uh, teachers uh, pleasant. You have to worry about you, son. What application about you, son? Try to maybe, maybe they're an excellent teacher, but they don't have the chemistry with your child. And, you know, I, I saw many times that unexperienced teachers took a, son, a, a kid and blossom with, you know, make them blossom. And experienced teachers couldn't, you know, they couldn't, oh, this, he already tag your son as, as a, as a, as a, troublemaker or kids that cannot sit and rest and that's it you know he is he, the, the, this experienced teacher can be a very excellent to 95% of the kids that sitting in the chair and there and they're behind and don't move and he keep teaching them the same techniques but maybe your son need a different and I don't think that it's wrong to it's it's to go now and give him a medita- a dictation and all this stuff because the teacher feels you feel it. I'm sorry to tell you. And I have another question. Do you have another kids?
2: I have I have a few children.
1: Uh, and is is the youngest one? No,
2: he's my middle child.
1: He's in the middle. And what about the other kids?
2: Um, so far they're telling me different. Um.
1: No, do you come... I, you know, so for a day, you you have only one school around your neighborhood.
2: Um, it does
1: have, I think, the best name. Yeah,
2: best name. It's it... also a, like I would change if I would have a very good reason to change. I wouldn't like originally go and change. If I would have to change, I do have options.
1: Okay, is your boy had a problem before previous? I'm talking about the the, the uh, before uh, when it was four before, years old okay when you so started K-
2: did there wasn't a problem i at least i didn't hear anything from them okay. the year after I kept on telling them there was there was a problem in the there was a problem in that class, and I kept calling on complaining and they didn't do anything about it and this year Ba Hashem we had a very great year it was um he had a very good Rebbe and he had a very good teacher. And they told me that it's like uh, that he's a very difficult child in the class. Okay. okay. We'll
0: play it by ear? Yeah, we'll just play it by ear.
2: The, uh, the thing is, like, what made me also think about medication, because after the evaluation, I asked her, like, what she thinks about the medication, like, if it's a child that we have to. So she said, What do you mean? When you go to the pharmacy, you're going to see a picture of your child on the medication. It's not even a question. You would have to give medication.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's All why right.
2: I thought right away. Okay, so I probably we'll have to do this.
0: Yeah, but if you do it, you're doing it. You're doing it for your son. You want to make sure he really is ADHD. And if he is, you do oh, it. Oh, I would for him. only do it. Yeah, I would right. only
2: do it for him because I wouldn't give it on Friday and Shabbos. That's for sure.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, and I also would like to thank you. I took your um, workshop for difficult dealing with difficult people. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
2: I took it. It helped me a lot. It yeah. It helped me explain a lot of things like puzzle pieces, what happened to my life, like certain situations, like why it happened. Yeah. Like I know, like, like you were telling me, and like I remind, like, oh, this story, and you explained to me, like, exactly why this story happened. Yes. And also, like, you gave, like, tips at the end, and it was really worth every single penny.
0: Wow. Thank you. I really, really really enjoyed it. I'm so glad to hear that, especially, Merit Hashem, we plan on um, doing, again, doing the Parenting Workshop and even the Teacher's Training Workshop when you're talking about teachers. There's so much of behaviors that we can do, and we can really help that hopefully we won't need to diagnose the children. Just so much about behavior, just learning the behavior structure, teaching the logic how to teach, and a lot of the information, understanding what children need and what they want. And then of course the inspiration, giving them the excitement and the feeling. So those are definitely coming up, those two workshops we're gonna be doing.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, thank thank you so much. And Yes, thank you. Thank you for calling and even though we weren't able to give direct answers but it was still a good for no i did get some
2: um i got like certain information okay that really helped me
0: yeah thank you thank you thank you so much you're very very welcome okay, okay we'll go good ca- mr good mr n
1: mr m okay All
0: yeah done. thank you hello and welcome yeah mr m hello hello yes yeah. Yeah, Sean welcome I, to the program.
3: Yes. Yeah, I listen to your your programs; they're amazing. Well, your your is sixty-two. Um, well, thank um, you. I just wanna uh, come. I just wanna ask you a question. I I I'm eighteen years old, and I was like when I was like twelve, eleven, whatever. I was bullied in school, like terribly. You, what did you I have in school? About. I was bullied in school. I said. You were bullied in school, yes. Because I was always like, the, my parents didn't have money that they couldn't dress me well. I, I wasn't like came from a normal home situation. where they didn't have money. Yeah. So that's probably not the reason. The reason is because they were booking from me. Yeah. So I was wondering if, and now I'm like. 70, oh, by seventeen years old, I went. I, I, I. I discovered I have a nice voice. I have All a nice voice right. that could sing. So I went to voice lessons, and like afterwards, they came back the same. Same idea. They were like hurting me. You don't know how to sing. You don't know how to do it. Uh huh. Is it myself or them? You know, I'm eighteen years old. I'm supposed to be like, um i I'm being confident on myself. No? Mm-hmm. So how would I be able to get out of this? this thing? Go strong and go on. I'm going to a new yeshiva now. So I don't know how to do it. So you're Are asking... You a, yeah, I hear you very clear. Let's see if I got
0: your question. Your question is you're believed in a yeshiva or in yes. your past. Now you discovered last year that you've got a good voice, you're taking voice lessons, and you're going now to a new yeshiva, and you're concerned that your past is going to go with you in your future.
3: Yes. That's... Yeah, I want to build my confidence. I want to build the sing as stands for letting go. Yeah,
0: yes, I definitely hear you clear. The difficulty is that you're asking a complicated question as if it's that simple. And it's not. Let's understand it. If it was simple, I'll just tell you you're changing to a new place, so just move on. No, it's not your past. Why doesn't that work? Because not? Why not? Because so, I have that fear. I'm
3: confident yeah, I, I... That's right.
0: I, so I I'll just share with you a quote that someone sent. You can't grow if you're still stuck in the past. Let it go and move on. These are wonderful sayings. That's right. That's right. So now you understand why therapy takes a process. So therapy doesn't mean you're a problem. No, I know that. What therapy does is we help you identify it's not just the past. There are other stuff there as well. I went through a trauma. That's right, and that takes healing. So what you're asking me is a simple thing. I want to learn now the entire suga. I'm just thinking of this Takvaka. No, know, I one of the the
3: speech on bullying. Yeah. And I like, that's what they did. And yeah, really and what me. did you get from it? I got that. The point of it is that, that I got that I should, I, should, I should have let my people be. I should, I should, I should defend myself, be able to defend, not have a backbone, and just do the talk for myself, not not just myself and other people. Yes, that is one part, but the
0: other part is talking about it. The other part is getting skills and guidance yeah. if it happens, and how to protect yourself.
3: Yeah. So I showed
0: the therapy? In other words, what I'm saying is you just need guidance. Yeah, you, it... it It's not something like the simple version is just say, get over it, move on. Like, no, it's the past. But when that doesn't work, that's where someone guides you week after week. Many times you find there are other issues going on or other reasons why you're afraid that this new yeshiva will still know. Maybe someone in your past. I know someone that changed yeshivas, and they were so nervous. And the reason why they're nervous was because a friend in this new yeshiva knows their past. Like, we need to process it. So therapy is about identifying. I'm where nobody
3: knows me.
0: Again, understand what's happening. You're trying to tell yeah. me why it shouldn't work. If you're still afraid, then we need to identify why you are still afraid. I don't feel comfortable doing this on air in front of many people listening. Yeah,
3: yeah. I can,
0: def- I can definitely do that, but it's not appropriate for you. I don't feel it's right for you. So my point yeah, yeah. is that if you're still afraid, There are reasons and there are issues that need to be identified that you're afraid that might come up. Maybe you're going completely alone and you don't have anyone with you. Maybe you, I, I don't want to start assuming what is going on, but one thing that we do know is that there is a way for you to process the emotions, for you to be able to help you with the awareness that you're going out to a new place and how can you move beyond And Sometimes it's because you need to heal some of the pain that you went through in the past. Just leaving an environment doesn't take us out of it.
3: Uh Uh-huh. I know that.
0: So if someone's got a broken leg and you're telling them, okay, we're now changing rooms, I expect your leg to heal, that's not how it works. When someone was pained, just like the physical body can have a broken bone and you need to heal it, the same is with the emotions. Emotions can be hurt, and if we don't fix it, then people still walk around with those broken bones. And it's possible that you might be afraid, of what happens if you'll get bullied in this yeshiva, how are you going to manage? And then you need to learn those skills, and once you learn the skills how to deal with bullies, then you might feel safe going to this yeshiva. So what I'm saying is, I don't know what is going on. All that we do know is that it is normal for you to feel this way.
3: Okay. I will. Whatever. What, what do you want to ask? i
0: don't think it's good to talk about it online i agree exactly thank you i, yes. I, w-
1: I want i want to jump I said that first Please. of all uh, uh, it's amazing that you, uh, you have a courage to talk about it and i think that you are already you know, an, thank in, you in, in, into
0: that fixing let's actually
1: discuss this. in thank the right you. path to basically to to, fi- to see the the end of the you know the light in the end of the tunnel because this is really you carry on so upon yourself many years it and in the minute you decided to pick up the phone and talk about it, it it shows that you uh, you understand the issue, understand the problem, and yeah. you have the courage to to fix it. And this is the most important things. And you you know you are in the right way. This is amazingly, but Hashem, you know, it's really like, like you have the, the the right confidence and everything about it. And Modiha uh, uh, will give you more more. I, I, I would I would say trick uh, or things to to carry on and um, modify
0: Yeah, I I would first focus somewhere, Abnissen just said, can we recognize that you're calling up yourself and let's create the awareness. So let's say, when you were bullied by people, what happened to your self-esteem? I lost it. Yeah, and now that you're starting to see that you have a nice voice, before you knew you have a good voice, what did you think about yourself? Did you think you have value? Do you think you're not good?
3: No, I thought I'm a piece of garbage. Didn't think I was a piece of garbage, I thought I was average. Yeah, average. And when you saw people better
0: than you, how did you feel?
3: Well, like some voice or
0: Yeah. How did uh, you feel about yourself?
3: I saw people better than me. Yeah. There is such a thing as people better than me. That's like a normal thing, that's life. People are some people are better, some people are not better. But how did
0: you feel? That's logical. That's a wonderful logic. How did you feel?
3: What do you mean, how did I feel?
0: How did you feel inside? Just because I know someone is smarter than me doesn't mean it won't hurt me. Or if I see that person getting a mark that I really wanted to get just because that guy studied him better, um, it still will hurt me that I didn't get that. That's called being human, and then you work on yourself not to. But first, let's go. What was your initial feeling when you saw people more successful than you?
3: Got it on me, or just you answer me. the
0: question. When you're a bully, generally people have something—the way they believe themselves or their images about themselves.
3: Yeah, because can't explain. It, I'm not a logical
0: person. I'm, I don't think logical.
3: Think Good. I'm, so
0: tell—what were your feelings? You said really, you, what were your feelings then? I was feeling
3: like, like I'm, I'm the lowest in my class. I'm just,
0: bingo. So when you said that you're average, then I said, but that's not how bu- how people that are bullied usually feel. They feel the way you yeah, said, said that you're the lowest in your class. Yes.
3: But now I'm average. You now I feel like I'm average. I'm right. Why? Fine. What
0: had you lift your? What had you lift the image of yourself? Because of my, cause I went I went out to thing. And
3: I went, Bingo. I, so I, let's
0: have parents recognize what you just said. This is very important, and this is what we focus when kids that are bullied. What happens is when kids are bullied, they don't just believe, okay, it's a bad kid doing it to me, or it's a class doing it to me, or sometimes it could even be a Rebbe or a teacher, it could even be a brother or a sister. I'm not going now into all the cases where it could be. When a person feels bullied in one place of their life, what happens to their self-esteem is they get completely knocked down saying that I am worthless. It's not, oh, this person, but really I am worth. The value goes down to nothing. And we teach several skills to kids that are bullied. Number one, we teach them it's not them. Number one, we teach them how that person wasn't healthy. We teach them how to defend themselves and to stand up for themselves. And again, in the teacher's training workshop, we're going to be spending about a half a workshop on the bullying, both for the principals and the teachers to know how to deal with it. It's a start. It's not a comprehensive training for bullying. It's a full eight-day workshop, I say eight evenings workshops. However... What we need to recognize and to know is that there are skills that can do. Now, what we teach the, the parents as well, or I should say and the teachers, is build up a child. Give him a talent. Give him a power. When people feel they're good at something, it doesn't just help one way. Just like the bully knocks them down by knocking something, and as Ravnison said, as we had by the first caller, people will always, especially kids, find different ways to knock you down. And I just want to remind okay. the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and let's go ahead and get some more calls. But what I want to continue with your call is, Nirav Nissen, I would like you to please take over and that is to see the power of just knowing that you have a good voice, you already, and taking some voice lessons, those are investing that you feel average. And imagine when you'll start, let's say, davening for the Yamed in this yeshiva, you might get the mic once at some, at some Masiba in the yeshiva, whatever it should be, and you'll start thinking, and will go, wow, this guy's good. Yes, part of us, because I know when people, sometimes when people hear this, they go, sure not you have a self-esteem regardless of the world? No, there is a balance. There's on one level just to understand there's a psak halacha when you go acher rabim Lahatis like you pass him based on the Raiv of a bezdin, and at the same time there's that similar halacha, which is if you know someone is wrong, 100% doesn't matter if a thousand people say the person's wrong, you still do what you're doing, and that's let's say by iser, I feel a lei bottle. If there's an iser stuck in something, even a thousand times that amount, there's a time that bottle the batal bottle the shishim, and there are times that nothing will make it. Will we'll And the same thing, those are one of the tightest that the, that the Christians that, the, that they had to the Ramban. And they told the Ramban, don't you paskin that you have to go Basaroy? And since most of the world are Christians and you should all convert, and the Ramban's answer was exactly this. No, that's if there's a Suffolk. If we're not sure, then you go Basaroy. But if you know for a fact what the answer is, then you don't. And what happens is, is in our brains, we need that balance. We need our children teenagers to know they're good and yes we need to have within ourselves the self-esteem that we're good but we also need to get feedback from the outside it is important to know outside feedback have your kids whatever it should be find something that it is special at and highlight it look for it what do you yes. say? What do you uh, think the to way say he's discussing? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, we we talk about uh you know the self-esteem and you know we're talking about many times about uh, look at yourself in the mirror and said how good am I and that like Yeah. And especially especially you said that you uh took some uh, lessons for voice, right? Yeah. Yes. So I I, I would say I would suggest to self that probably you record yourself and uh, uh record yourself in a good, you know, uh, song and a good uh, chazanut whatever just you you feel that you know express yourself into it and let yourself hear it hear it and just to see how good am i i know and then you can go to the amud go to the 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 and go into the party whatever just you know and you see that you you, you flourish and you come and definitely that your teacher to the vocal classes He will tell you that you are good and this is something that you re- you have to build yourself on this, and after you see that from the voice to the other area that you are, yeah, and you see that build yourself and see that you can, you can do it, as we we know that in our in our radio show we have the, we have one of the show if I can you can, so this is something that really uh, it's applied to all of us, if I can you can, no question about it, and this is something that you you, you tell yourself. Re- reinforce yourself about it and they definitely when you go now to a new yeshiva to a new place open a new door mission uh, mazal. it's something that you really and hopefully this this year the Shana it will be great for you and I believe that you will get out you know all of us all of us and bully and our life and disappointing from people you know left and right just look yep. forward, look forward and I, uh, I will repeat something that I always said, it's you know, Asha's lot, you know, when she, she looked back, what happened to her? She became bitter and a rock. She couldn't move.
0: Nice, I like that concept.
1: And this is something that's happened to us, you know, when you look, when we look backwards, we just become a rock, we cannot move and become bitter. Look wow. forward, look forward. This is something that I I, I always uh, repeat it, you know. Just and it is something that see the good, see that what we can do, don't see what what could happen and blame the, the 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 kids from the class that they did to you like this. Just see the good, you know. See that right now you overcome all this bullies, you become stronger and stronger, become better person. Now you can realize what to be bullish and you never bully other kids, you know. Other people, because you know how to be on the other side, you can be you know you can be protected if you see something in the classroom to uh, now you're all, you know uh, a, a little bit mature so you can see somebody that bullying other people you can say this and stop it it's not nice i you know you don't have to tell them that you experience but you know let's see the other side This thing that you take over and build rebuild yourself on on a on a, on a strength that you You understand what to be on the other side.
3: Yep. And
0: funny, but someone even sent a message saying, I wonder if this guy would want to sing on radio.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Do you
3: feel comfortable? You won't be able to hear really whatever. Uh, I don't feel
1: comfortable. You can to come speak. to the studio. You can set the studio one day and just uh, we can record you or something. This yeah, be, and we can
0: play it. This yes. will be unbelievable. Yeah, when yeah. they're here, if you'd like, we would do that. Well Can do a recording. They have a great mic system, and you can do a recording. I
3: don't have a problem. But what?
0: You'll work your responsiveness and you can call back send a text message to the number and just say when and we can play it over here during one of the programs yeah and this is just seeing your confidence the confidence of yeah. where you are and i just want to share again for all those listening the number is is 718-683-5858 718-683-5858
1: and the text number is 347 927 8398 okay yeah, thank you. Thank uh, you all the best. Thank you. Yeah, uh, no, 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 Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, beautiful. Again the number is 718-683-5858 and the text number is 347-927-8398. And we look forward to taking your questions live or the text ones. So we'll just start with a compliment to me and to Abnison. It's amazing how you are so consistent in doing the show. So many times you would have a great reason not to do the show like now before Yantiv, but you never check it out. Even if you miss a day, usually you make up a different day. What's your secret keeping at it so consistently? Even if you're enjoying it, it's amazing how you're super consistent. That's true. Me and Abnison, we get a tremendous amount of credit for that. And I can tell you that it's not that we enjoy it. I could talk for me at least... It's about the responsibility and knowing that there are people there. So I do a Matzah Shabbos program, which is in Yiddish for Koma And it's a balance. means I did not do it this Matzah Shabbos because the week before, it was Yantiv. And there we only can have men, people that call up to ask the question in Yiddish. And because we didn't get callers i did not put in the energy of just doing a program of just questions and answers of texts means it's both ways it's me being responsible to make do the program and i enjoy it but it still takes a lot of time and it's also you the listeners calling up and asking your questions both are the balance that's necessary and the fact that baruch hashem here these programs, we're getting the callers, we're getting the text messages. That is why it was very difficult for me tonight. And Mirab both have what to do before Yantiv, but we made the we made the commitment that wow, if you guys are calling, you guys are sending text messages, you guys are listening, we are I'm gonna be available. Yeah. Well, so that is why I want to thank you. So while I get credit or missing gets credit for being here, I want each of you that are listening and calling up to give yourself a pat on the back. So this program I am doing because we got the callers and because we have the people involved. And that is why we are doing it. Yep. So again the number for those that would still like to call up 718-683-5850. and the text number is three four seven nine sep- nine two seven eight three nine eight three, I, w- four, I seven. want to talk
1: about this uh, you know the text that you just mentioned about you know the, uh, it's really you know it's only one night a, a week but we are basically every night and in, uh, in the week here and at 24 six in the radio and it's it's something that's called a uh, sheet, personal responsibility I would say and this is something that I feel obligation to Am and you, you the callers and you are the listeners, basically give me the courage and the power to continue. Otherwise with all our debt, with all our, our finance problem and legal problem and all this stuff, we would shut off long, long time ago. But when you go in the street, when I go to the street and i facing or I get the phone calls from old lady or young boys, that really uh thinking what happened to the show where they going, where we can listen this give uh, us basically the gas to continue to do the basically to the power to to overcome all these obstacles and, and you know that rabbi yossi mizrahi spoke about us recently about how the devil play big roles uh, on try to uh, big uh, to put obstacles in our in our radio station, and not only like only a radio station. although our our uh, activity, if it's if it's um, if the our the food for Shabbat, if it's uh, our lecture, the life lectures in the in the synagogue, synagogue, and all this the rest. And we see that uh, other organizations or other places are loaded with with finance, with budget, and everything, and we are working here just. On, on a piece of nothing, and Baruch Hashem, this is you guys uh, that give us the courage and and the responsibility that to keep continue. This is something that I'm talking from my my perspective uh, about uh, J-Root Radio, and I don't know if uh, I just want to mention even uh, we we close to to the end of the show. But you know I spoke about it yesterday. Yeah, this week is very very. Uh, be uh, meaningful for me, especially Yom, Yom Kippur, and I, I, I know that Yom Kippur war for me was a big, big, turn you know, huge things that happened to me. I was I was in in the Yom Kippur war. I lost uh, quite a few friends over there, and uh, it was something that wouldn't, you know, take me 45 years ago until today. It's when I talk about it, I have my goosebump and kind of shaky voice about it, and we talk about it a lot. And you know, uh, Ramandehi, I remember we talk about it. You know, talking about my, yeah. fr- my my soldier, my friend that called me and talk about it that he looks for me for forty years. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's something that uh, uh, you know. This really, uh, it's a week that difficult but it's it's I think it's built me in in a, a different uh, path
0: yeah yeah it's very 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 scary when you think about the different times and what people go through and it brings back that time that we I I can if we're talking about this I've had the unfortunate experience of being the therapist to work with several parents that lost their children this year. And it's very different when you have a child or, let's say, an adult that has lost a parent to parents that lost children. And it was very difficult on me. Part of when I went to my individual therapy that I go for weekly, part of it um, was seeing the pain, having those images, and we call that vicarious trauma or secondary trauma. And there's a lot, a lot of literature coming out how therapists are burnt out, the so therapists get affected by that. And that's just us and Harv Nissen. Like, you are working. You were there. You went through it, the Kippa War. And people, like you said, close friends were were killed. And it was a time but there was no preparation. It was just all of a sudden, go out, take the guns, and, and hopefully, you know, they will be survived. So it's.
1: It was the opposite. I would say this was the opposite because we were felt so confident. We felt that nobody can touch us. You know, we could do whatever we want, and suddenly we felt that we are nothing. And this was the big shock. This is really that something that shook uh, us very very strong. I would. This is was the. That's why they call it the Yom Kippur War over there. That that the, the, uh, unbelievable uh, effect to all the Israeli um, people. But especially the people that was in the front line and, you know, get it, uh, direct it as my unit was. Yeah. Uh, I know that, uh, but, you know, when, when, you look, when you're when looking about it 45 years later and you see my friend that died, they're still 20 years old. Max and yeah. Kobe and Eliezer and, Dor- and all these, they are 20 years old. <laughs> we yeah. are the older. There's something
0: yeah so 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 true we're just going to take a message someone sent me a message it's about yom Kipper, and it's an important lesson for all of us here's the question i'm wondering if you can answer it if someone hurt me terribly due to their denial he is unaware of it what's the point in letting him know that i'm very hurt when i don't when i know i won't be able to forgive him in the near future let's hear this question so the question is if someone hurt me why should I tell the person that they hurt me if I'm not going to be able to be Michael them? And I think we're going at it a bit backwards. That means the reason why you're informing that person that they hurt you is a large part for you. It means in order for you to eventually forgive them, you need to go through the part of informing them and informing people when they hurt you and to make sure that you can protect yourself. That is the first step. Understand the first step not the first step, that's one of the important steps. That is being able to speak and express what was done to you in a safe way where the other person will hear you. It's not about if that person will agree or not, we hope that. However How I'm sorry, it's just getting different messages of this and ascending, so it just got me distracted for a minute.
1: I'm so
0: No, 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 that's a okay, I'm just saying, I'm reading, I think these are great points that you're mentioning. So for us to understand that when someone hurts you and you can't discuss it, you can't speak about it, that's actually keeping you stuck in the anger and not forgiving them. In order to get to forgiveness, let's look at forgiveness as step 10. There are many steps before that, and one of the steps are sharing it with the other person. Another step is being safe to say it in a way that is safe, that the person will not feel attacked, but you will just say it in I statements. Another step of forgiveness is for you to first of all know that this was wrong, what was done to you, and you will not allow it to happen again. You have ways to protect yourself. It does not mean yelling, does not mean screaming, but it does mean that you're able to protect yourself. Those are all steps. One of them is to confront the person. And there are many people, unfortunately, that went through certain pains, certain traumas in life, and when they go to court and they face, let's say, in the Galatia system, where they face the person, it could be 10, 15 years later, the victims tell you they had nightmares the night before, but when they face that monster and they told that person, you did this and this to me, it's, not, it's right, it's wrong, this is how I got affected by that, you're not making yourself weak, you're actually making yourself powerful. So the ability to speak to someone, if they're in denial, then to have a middle person. But to tell the person in a gentle way, that's only after you've processed it, that's when you can start doing it. Someone just sent a message, maybe you can write a letter to that person. But I need you to understand, when you're asking the question, why should I tell the person if I know I won't forgive them in the near future, it's not about forgiving them. It's first about forgiving yourself. Or this, and I'm hearing myself double now, it became looped. Right? It just looped. Okay, great. And someone also asked me over here however, the person's unaware of it. Is there an option to heal the hurt within myself? There's another person. Of course there is. But those are, you need to go through the process. And part of the process is learning to protect yourself. Part of the process is learning how to tell others this is not acceptable. This is all part of the process. And usually when you can confront a person in a gentle way, and I don't want to start going into it, but if you look at the halacha, you look at the Rambam, this is all brought down where you need to speak to the person. And to work it out with a person, keeping in your heart upset at someone is not good for them, not good for yourself, and it's not halachically okay. There's a way to do it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just take the messages that sort of came. Um, One is, I would love to hear about the concept of door slamming. Did you ever hear about it? Sure we know door slamming. That's called, uh, one of the ways is like passive aggressive. means they're not able to yell at you or scream, so they slam doors for you to know how upset they are. So they're doing other behaviors other than communicating and working it out. And those are issues that need to be learned. Those need to be taken care of. So, this is one level. So, yes, door slamming is when a person does not feel confident or they want to make sure that you know they're angry without them saying it. So, they're slamming the doors. And another person sent another interesting message. I'd like to break the stigma in many communities, in my opinion. What's wrong with a step parent being called a step parent? Refer to them as my stepfather or stepmother. I feel people freeze up. And step-parents think you're saying a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's just reality. Well, first of all, why aren't you brave enough to call it up in real life? Why aren't you calling up and saying this? If you're so brave, then call it in. And let me tell you what is the difficulty in today's generation with a step-parent. In the past... Hello?
1: Yes, yes. We are oh, yeah, good,
0: well. good. I wasn't sure if my line was working good. Mm-hmm. In the past, there were step-parents... And step-parents mean, I was aware, my grandfather told me about a certain great-aunt and uncle that was nifter, and this is in Europe. So when everyone talks about the golden times in Europe, let me share with you how it went. So my grandfather told me she he had an aunt that the, that the husband was nifter, and she had about seven kids, married a person that also had seven kids or, or eight kids. When they got married, they sent both sets of kids away and then they had an additional four or five kids. So there are 15 yusayim, and that were kicked out of their houses and they all went to work at 15 years old, 14, because all those different ages and all the ones took care of. Those are step-parents. We're not blaming. It was pre-war. There was not enough food in communities. There simply wasn't food that we have today. You didn't have all the Tamchei Shabbos. You didn't have all the, all the organizations helping out. And the reality of Europe was that there was barely enough food. You had the bread, you had the cows to milk, and the kids, once you're 14, 15, go ahead and fend on your own. In the 1700s, 1800s, and even going back pre-war in the early 19s, let's say 100s, kids would go to work. I had another, my other grandfather, when I would sometimes ask him these questions, he would tell me he knows many kids that would go to work at 10, 11 years old, and then they would go to yeshiva afterwards because the family needed money. So, again, not attacking anyone, but a step parent is someone that is many times in the world, the way we look at step parents, from from all those storybooks, the fairy tales of, let's say, Cinderella, the stepmother, we call like the evil stepmother. Today, you have stepfathers which are supporting you. Paying your tuition. Do you know how much tuition is today? Do you know how much food is, clothing, and everything is? They're not step parents. They're treating you just like fathers, mothers. They're spending hours there. There are problems, and you're rebelling against them just like a mother. You're not behaving like a, to a, like a stepmother. Yes, ma'am, I will do what you like. Yes, thank you for giving me, allowing me to eat supper you're treating them just like a mother mommy I don't like this food you're so mean you don't do that to someone else if you know they're gonna throw you out (laughs) so I want you to realize it's insulting to call a stepfather a stepfather when they're treating you like a father and it's insulting to call a stepmother a stepmother when they're treating you like a mother now I understand it's complicated when you have a mother or if there's a divorce and then it gets complicated with how do you differentiate how will your mother or father get upset that you are calling the other one mother or father I'm not getting into the complications of it, but I'm explaining to you why a parent or a step-parent would be insulted if you call them a step-parent when they're treating you like a child. It might be you that's a child that doesn't want to accept it. And again, I'm not talking about cases where it is uncomfortable. The step-parent is acting like a step-parent. Where they are telling you, get out of my life. I don't want to see you. Yes, your father or your mother married me now. I am important. My children are important. You're not. Those are step-parents. But can you realize what I see in so many cases where I've got second marriages coming to me, blended families, families where a parent is nifted, and the step parent's going, oh, I want to be as nice to them. I want to connect to them. I feel for them. And the child is hurt or upset and is complaining and throwing a fit. Please recognize step-parents will just throw you out, fend on your own. Prior to the war, that's what happened in the world.
1: I want to tell you that I also saw so many many cases of kids that just tell the, the parents, the step-parents, you're not my father, you're not my daughter, you cannot tell me what to do. In the meantime, in the meantime, they're living in their houses, they're getting food, they're getting tuition, they're getting whatever it is, and this is something that's really wrong.
0: Exactly, exactly. You feel you have a step-parent, leave the house. Do it on your own. That's what happened. This person is doing your laundry. This person is paying many times most of your stuff. Yes, sometimes when there's those little money you get, but who's there with you? When you'll be in a hospital, there should never be. That step-parent will be there. They're not treating you like a guest. They're treating you like a child. So don't you think they should get the respect that a parent gets?
1: Okay, we'll take the last caller.
0: Okay. Let's M- go to Mrs. Mrs. S. S. Hello. Yeah. Yes.
1: Hello?
4: yes.
0: hello and welcome.
4: Yeah, hi. I would just want I just wanted um, to share some feedback. Please. Um, always appreciate um, that. Okay, so I called I think it was a week or two ago and I asked about um, a case manager who's asking me a lot of questions about my friend and I'm not comfortable answering.
0: Yes, yes, I remember. You know that
4: what I'm basically the question was that um that I have this case manager that asked me a lot of questions about my friend and I don't know what to do, I don't wanna get involved, I'm too young for this, I can't just not from my age. What's interesting that um the next day he called me up again and um I was so nervous, what is he going to say and what am I going to say and basically he started asking questions like, what did you do what are you doing, whatever all all kinds of questions that you ask. And I just said, and I just said, um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just signing off from the case. It's not for my age. It's not for my stage. It's just not for me. It's just bigger than me. That's what I said. And then I was very shocked. I, I thought he's gonna start asking me and begging me and telling me what a big mess I'm doing or whatever. And the only response was, okay, then I get to bench here. And then he put down the phone. And I was, I was, wow. I really, I was very shocked that he just said it. Maybe I just came across like very strong. That I'm just, um, I'm very sure that I just cannot handle this, and just please get off my back. It was it was really interesting the way. That's Excellent. So let's go ahead and
0: share with everyone. So what happened is you called up that there was a teenager, your friend, that was sharing with you some difficult stuff going on. She wasn't opening up to the therapists, and there was this asking. and it was telling you, You're the only one that knows what's going on. Please tell me what's going on. You didn't feel comfortable, and you didn't even want to deal with her on certain those issues, especially, mm-hmm. and he's pushing you. Get involved, speak to her more, help her out, and then tell me what's going on. And we did a role play, how to explain that this is out of your leak. You're not trained for it. It's on your mind. You're worried about her. You're asking her questions where you don't really want to go there. And then you don't want to tell it to him because that's also not right. And then he's sort of mm-hmm. telling you what to tell her. And what we practiced was you can be her friend, how to just do regular stuff. When he's going to start asking you and try to, you should do this and you should do that way, just say it's out of my age group. This is not what I should be doing. And what you're sharing is you expect it to go so much harder. and We really did a lot of role play in that. It's amazing how you said when you actually did it, you sounded clear how people back off right away, and they understood it. Yeah.
4: Well, it's very interesting. Well, very powerful to know that piece of information.
0: Yes. Thank you. And I'm glad that you're appreciating and sharing this with everyone. Yeah.
4: Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome, Rubenison. Wow. Good.
1: So we are... Yep, we
0: will so- sign off for Gemar HaShim Taiva, and all the tefillah should be answered. And HaShem, we will start again after Sukkot. The next couple of Mondays are Sukkot: First days, second days.
1: Amen. And to all of you, Gemar HaTima Tova. thank you very much again. And we are continue our regular program.
0: Thank you. Thank you.